Welcome to Speaking of Animals. I'm your host, Caitlin Holling, and I hope you all are having a great Saturday morning. Today I am joined by Graham, who is my boyfriend and my co-worker now. Hello. <laughs> I am the Community Outreach and Development Coordinator at the Flagley Humane Society, and with this job comes lots of different tasks, which I really enjoy. I genuinely love my job, which is great to be able to say that I'm working with something that I'm very passionate about, animals, and I love being able to help animals in need every day. Um, so Graham and I continued to volunteer and walk the dogs at the shelter a lot. So do you want to talk a little bit about how we got started volunteering at the shelter? Absolutely. We uh, always kind of wanted to do it. Um, both of us have a love for dogs. Um, our own dog, Poppy, has been uh, somewhat challenging to uh, to train and to deal with. She's a uh, pit bull boxer mix, and she has a lot of energy, um, and she needs an outlet for all of that energy mm-hmm. like most pit bulls and a lot of the dogs in the shelter <laughs> and it kind of also instilled a uh, a love for pit bulls yeah definitely that, well all of them and there's a lot of them in the shelter um so it kind of taught me how to in order for our own peace and quiet sometimes um different strategies to let that energy out um so I had Poppy for over a year before I met Graham, and I would have to run with her multiple times a week. But it seemed as if I could never really get all her energy out. It was just endless. She was never really tired. She was never really calm, like I would hope she would be after a run, like you would hope most dogs would be after a run. Um, she just kind of has that crazy pit bull energy. And if you've ever owned a pit bull or a high-energy breed, even like a Border Collie or a German Shepherd, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> especially in those younger years, like one through five, they're pretty much crazy all the time. Um, So once I met Graham, he had a lot of good strategies. Um, Some of them were coincidental um, and some of them were thought out. So do you want to talk about a little bit about the strategies that you helped with our own dog, Poppy? Absolutely. Um, And I kind of learned as I went. Um, My own dog, Mia, is a small dog. So I've always made the joke that she's kind of uh, dog light. So I, I trained her a lot of commands, but if she really didn't do something or didn't obey me, I could physically move her. With Poppy, that was not possible whatsoever. She's 70 pounds. And, and Poppy, or Mia, is 12 pounds. Exactly. So big difference. <laughs> yes. So I, um, but I learned quickly that she likes engagement. She loved learning tricks. She loved getting told and, and me being proud of her. That's one characteristic of pit bulls that we didn't quite realize before mm-hmm. Poppy is that they, they have this... They to be praised. They do, and they, they love humans, and they love to be... They're very eager to please. Yes, <laughs> yes, more even more so than any other dog. But yes. Yes. Um, but I, uh, I'm an avid disc golfer, and that actually <laughs> went along perfectly with Poppy because she... She's a uh, pit bull boxer, so she doesn't have many of the retrieving genes typical of other breeds. Mm-hmm. So she would go, but she really liked, and she needed a lot of ener- exercise, so she liked going and chasing the disc. And luckily, she listens pretty well off-leash. We're able to let her off-leash at the disc golf courses, which are pretty much, if you've never been to a disc golf course, it's pretty much just a 
big open field. There's some trees, but there's baskets, um, and you just throw the disc in the baskets. Um, it's a really fun sport. I've never heard of it, <laughs> um, but uh, it's really fun for our dogs. And now we like to go disc golfing specifically to help our dogs get their energy out, mostly Poppy, but Mia loves it too, even the 12-pound little dog loves it just as much as the big dog loves it so disc golf has been a great coincidental outlet for poppy to get all her energy out for sure exactly <laughs> not it's only, fun for us. it is and not only does it get her exercise out but it's she has to mentally work out how to go and to not pick up the disc when it is mm-hmm. rolling or uh and also to come back you know and heal when we tell her to do you want to tell them about what you trained her to do instead of picking up the disc? Oh, oh I, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, it's uh, so I would, I'll throw it, and it's it was a, a struggle to keep her off of the tee box, which is the area that you throw from, you drive from. Um, but once she got that, she was very eager to paw at the disc. But I have a <laughs> taught her a command, so she leaves the disc and she just follows it, and then she licks it and there's always a little <laughs> she gives wet a little spot. kiss exactly to, to uh, let, let us know that she's she found it and uh, it's been useful for finding lost discs honestly and she loves it because it's an outlet for her and he's kind of taught her to just stand by the disc and stay by the disc which is very helpful when we can't find it so we can just go right to where poppy is standing and we know that's where the disc is <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i see that other disc golfers be like wow that's pretty smart <laughs> so i'd love to see other dogs get out there um, so what are some other things that we've used besides disc golf? Um, another one is a, uh, is a tool. It's called a flirt pole. So imagine an a extra-large cat toy made <laughs> for dogs. Um, we kind of saw this because we have cats, mm-hmm. and I enjoy playing with cats as well as dogs. And Our dog wanted to play with the cat toy <laughs> <Exactly>. very badly. <laughs> But the cat toy, if you, it's the cat toy we're talking about is like a um, stick. What do you call it? It's like a cat dancer. It's sometimes called. Um, they come in a lot of different shapes, sizes. Um, we have a bunch at the shelter. Um, it's just like a stick with a little lure on the like, end. Of yeah, it. a lure. Yeah, you just you know play with the cat. Um, if you ever had a cat, I'm sure you've had one or <laughs> seen it. Um, so our dog really wanted to play with our cat's toy, but it's pretty delicate. It's like made out of felt and like. A little plastic stick um so i think we did let her play with it possibly and it probably i think it broke i don't really remember <laughs> but our, it might have almost broke so we didn't want it to break so we started looking into other options and i think you found it right it was it's on amazon it's a uh, squishy face is the uh, the company which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because it's made for if you <laughs> own a pit bull or imagine a pit bull they kind of have a squishy face yep a and it's, it's a pit bull um but it's uh, it works really well. It also teaches a dog to uh, to drop it. I was able to uh, mm-hmm. to teach her to drop it in an impulse control. If they don't drop it exactly. And we I was able to uh, once we started volunteering at the shelter, I've been able to kind of implement some of these things that I've been using uh, with Poppy to dogs at the shelter who have even more of that drive, even more of that. Um, you know, unbound energy that mm-hmm. needs needs an outlet for it. And what we've kind of found too is that you running with Poppy didn't necessarily do that bleed mental, that energy exactly. Yeah, it didn't mentally stimulate her at all. And even just it really didn't doesn't really allow her to 
smell and do what you call seeking that you've learned about. So just even walking, they really enjoy just smelling around. That's a big mental stimulator for the dogs. Um, we kind of mentioned it in a previous episode when we talked about all the dog's senses. The smell is their strongest sense, and they really use a lot of brain power towards their sense and they le- do. learning they, from smells. They've actually hooked up uh, electrodes to dogs' brains and have noticed that the actual act when they when they smell an interesting smell, the actual act of seeking out that smell is more rewarding even than the the senses that activate when they obtain the smell. Oh wow, yeah. So they really enjoy that seeking action, the action of seeking, which is really interesting. Um so we're gonna take one quick break and we'll be right back. Alrighty, and we're back with Graham. And as I mentioned, he is now my coworker. So we have recently started doing playgroups at the shelter together. And playgroups are kind of well. Do you want to explain what playgroups are, Graham? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a it's a concept uh, come up with by an organization called Dogs Playing for Life. And uh, I've uh, for the past year or so, I've been volunteering and kind of you know realizing that. I wanted to start a career in uh, animal behavior, and I was actually taking some online classes of open source material and was about to uh, pay for a uh, professional Mm -hmm. trainer course uh, when my mom actually found uh, this organization called Dogs Playing for Life. Um, they're, uh, or DPFL for short. (laughs) Yep. A little easier to say. It it is. (laughs) And, uh, the uh, their mission statement is much more tailored to uh, the kind of dogs that I enjoy interacting with. So, can you explain the evolution of your dog behavior education that how it coincided with your volunteer work at the shelter? Absolutely. As it as we started volunteering there, we realized the importance not just of walking the dogs, but also how much enrichment they received from playing. learning commands. Yes, and playing and. Uh, I really wanted to, uh, the holy grail of a dog trainer, in my experience, is to get dogs to be able to interact with other dogs. Because mm-hmm. I can see how they're social beings. They need to be, if they're not with other people, then with other dogs. Yeah, and, evolved from wolves, which are pack animals. So yep. they definitely have that pack mentality in them. Exactly. Um, and so when we found this uh, this organization, basically their mantra is to uh, is to have every dog play every single day, mm-hmm. which we haven't, which is our goal eventually. But. Yes, we're working towards that goal for sure. It's not as easy to achieve as we would like, but it's something we're working towards every day. So can you describe the broad DPFL mission statement and how it was? So DPFL is a nonprofit organization with a uh, mission to enhance the quality of shelter dogs' lives. Um, they believe that uh, the dogs are social animals and shelters are basically forced isolation. Um, according to their website, they, uh, they learn a lot about dog behavior by watching them. And uh, the, the general overall point is for the dogs to learn from each other. So humans are only kind of there to make sure everything remains safe. 
Okay, awesome. So humans kind of act as like a referee to make sure that the dogs don't get hurt and that they're exactly. able to maintain or be able to stay in the playgroups. Exactly, exactly. Because the longer they're out there, the more they can learn from the other dogs and uh, the more they, they can benefit from all of the uh, Yeah, they the can aspects. learn how to be more social while they're out there. Yeah, that's a great point. So I one thing I thought was very interesting is that it mentions in the DPFL manual, which is, by the way, free for anyone. If you just go on their website, you can download it and get all the re- these resources in their manual for free and how to run a playgroup, which is really helpful. And it's the first thing that we recommend to all the volunteers and people that are interested in it. Um, but the one thing I thought that was interesting is that barrier reactivity and leash reactivity is not a reliable guide to being just being able to tell if the dogs are able to be in playgroup or not exactly i i felt this exact same way where uh, if you can have a dog that can be barking and looking like they're going to attack the other dog if they're on the other side of the fence and then they're out with no barriers in place where they can interact freely with the other dog and they act completely differently that it's uh Kind of like the old average, all bark and no bite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy because honestly, a lot of the dogs at the shelter, which if you've seen the dogs at the shelter, and a lot, you'll hear that the dogs act a lot differently outside of the kennels than in the kennels. And it's true. A lot of the dogs are not happy in the kennels, obviously, and they have a lot of pent-up energy and they don't display the best behaviors in the kennel. And th- that does include barrier reactivity. That we, that's what we call it when they're reactivity or when they're reactive to other dogs when they're in the kennel or in a crate or in a playpen type area um, or then leash reactivity, obviously, when they're reactive to other dogs on the leash, um, which is less common, but it's still an issue. And it's not a reliable assessment to see if they are good for playgroup or not because once they're off leash in the playgroup they could be they could act totally different they could not have that pressure of the leash they could not have the barrier of the fence and it it's crazy how much how different they will act and it's it's really good to know and it's good to keep in mind that just because your dog is reactive it doesn't mean they can't interact with other dogs exactly at the same time it is it is kind of scary and it still is scary it is. to, to, you have to you trust. don't want to be responsible for a dog fight no and yeah so it's uh but given the it's, it's been awesome to see dogs that were had the moniker of being a dog that's not good with others mm-hmm. that could never be adopted out to a home with other dogs we've been able to completely blow away those misconceptions by having them out in uh, in play group together Yes, which has been awesome. Yep, it's one of the many, many uh, benefits. So speaking of the benefits, can you describe some of the benefits that the shelter dogs gain from having the playgroups? Absolutely. It's uh, it's got multifaceted uh, benefits. Um, mostly it's just that healthy contact with other dogs uh, can reduce the, the perception of threat and increases the sco- social skills mm-hmm. among dogs. So they're less fearful, um, in general, trusting. exactly, and they they are able to build their confidence by having positive experiences out in play group, which is uh, awesome to see. It is, it really is. And <laughs> see uh, a shy dog go in there, and then a couple minutes, like maybe ten minutes later, they're acting more confident. They're not putting their tail between their legs. They're just happy trying to play. It's like whoa, totally different dog. That's yep, awesome. <laughs> absolutely, and, and and what's awesome too is that we don't do anything to make that happen. It's as as a you know person interested in, in training dogs to be able to just sit back and let the dogs 
accomplish everything is is awesome and way better than anything that I could ever teach them. I don't or speak. Any human. <laughs> exactly. Yes, no one are... speaks dogs. So great at communicating with each other. Yep. Yep. And uh, they've they've done studies at DPFL where they've seen that uh, play groups have made shelters quieter, calmer environments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's because there's lower isolation and they, they don't have the stress. They get to leave that out. Um, and then once they're back in their kennels, they're calmer. They're just, exactly. They're not barking like crazy, trying yep. to get out. They're just relaxing. And it's what, what, what I've seen is really interesting and cool is that in with one, the, the time that it would take to take one dog out in the play yard, we can get five dogs out mm-hmm. at the same time. And it's more burning energy than, any any person could do exactly so So we're getting more dogs out more dogs exercised and more dogs tired which is the goal when we have to have them in kennels unfortunately so after reading the dpf manual graham was so intrigued that he enrolled and was accepted into the shadow program at the canine center florida in live oak so can you tell us about your experience while you were there at the dpfl program Absolutely, it was uh, it was it was an awesome time. It was uh, very tiring, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, highly interested in playgroups to go do their shadow program. Um, basically, it consisted of uh, they have a the DPFL the organization has uh, what's called the uh, the Canine Center Florida. It's in Live Oak, and basically, it is a uh, it's a kennel that they uh, they house. 36 total dogs, 28 of them have behavioral issues from all over the country and Canada. And they basically do play group with these dogs every day and do other things, other enrichment strategies to correct severe behavioral issues. So it's basically a group of the dogs with the most behavioral issues In sent the whole to the same place. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Okay. All right, so we're going to talk more about this after a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back, and I would love to hear more about your experience at the EPFL. So what did you learn, and what was it like, and how many days were you there? I was there for four days. Um, I... They actually have a really nice dorm facility that they house people. They're, oh, so you uh, slept there? Exactly. Did you get With, a dog? Uh, I did. <laughs> that, that was what I, I knew before enrolling, that every single dorm room has a crate and you are, have the option of having a dog sleep with you. Or you know, the, the day ended at 5, but the dogs were in the kennels for overnight. So I was able to do that for one night. Oh my goodness! And I've it, always it awesome. wanted to do that, like with Freya or something at my <laughs> like at the shelter, just sleep for, over. Freya's your office dog. Yes, with my office dog at the shelter, I would love to have a sleepover with, with her one night, maybe. <laughs> Bring an air mattress or something. <laughs> um, okay, back to DPFL. So, what was the routine? Uh, the routine your basically routine. it was uh, it was we had play groups every morning. And then every afternoon, it was a shadow program. So they have um, a bunch of employees who go and they do either play group in the morning and they help with that. There's three people. Or they have uh, they split off and they go with individual dogs and have a variety of uh, enrichment tools. Like when like a dock of dock diving, it's on ESPN oh, too wow. sometimes. Oh, that's where they, awesome. Yes, it, it, it was really fun to see. They, they had Aww. a full dock and a, uh, and a swimming pool for the dogs to jump into the water. Oh my goodness. And a, 
All right. Well, I would love to hear more about your DPFL experience. And we are going to talk about next week. If you'd like to tune in, make sure you do tune in because we are going to talk about how we implemented everything he's learned at DPFL at the Flagler Humane Society and how we are now running the playgroups at the Flagler Humane Society and helping the dogs in our community. So make sure to tune in next week and Graham will be there as well. (laughs) Look forward to it.